where the inner critic or the inner asshole, whatever you call him, comes up and starts beating you up and your inner father stands up and says, hey, we don't talk like that around here. This is not what we do. Hello, welcome to the End Evil podcast. Evil is the destruction of freedom. My name is Chris Jansen, and I'm here motivating, inspiring, and encouraging other folks like myself to work towards a world without stealing, you know, where we can understand what's right and what's wrong. And that takes a lot of self-work because our world is so crooked and backwards and people are doing things and call them the opposite of what they are. They're calling bad good and good bad. And a lot of that shows up in how we treat one another and even in our bodies. And so I've been really working towards the self-work. If you saw my recent presentation for the funnel presentation, it was all about motivation and willpower and finding the healthy person within yourself that's inspired and motivated to make a difference in the world. And today I have a very special guest. This is someone who I met through autonomy, which has been a huge part of my life for the past three years. And this person, she's been like um, a mentor and kind of like a mother, um, motherly personality who like takes people under her wing and teaches. And she has so many amazing skills to teach from communication skills to um, even health and how to treat your body and how to see what's going on with your body and what we call psychosomatic therapy. And so I'm going to bring in Agnieszka Evanson here, and she's going to introduce herself if I can figure out how to bring her on in here. What's up, Agnieszka? Thanks for joining me. Thank you. So my name is Agnieszka Evanson, and I am a psychosomatic therapist. And what that means is when I look at you, I can see what you're thinking. And even more, I can see what you have been thinking habitually. And that shows up in your face, in your body, and um, basically every part of your body sends out messages to others as to your thought patterns and who you really are. Can you please like define for us what is um, psychosomatic or somatic mean? So psych, psycho is, is your mind, is the psyche of the person or the individual. And soma is the body. So whenever we're talking about psychosomatic anything, it would mean how the mind affects the body. When the allopathic doctor describes a psychosomatic dis-ease, it basically means I have no idea what this means or where it came from, but probably came from your mind. That's what a, psych that's what a regular doctor would describe, something psychosomatic. In psychosomatic therapy, the study that the, the, the practice that I learned, I'm a master psychosomatic therapist in uh, psychosomatic therapy that was developed by Herman Muller in Australia, and it's taught at the Psychosomatic Therapy College in Australia. It's an accredited institution in Australia. So in psychosomatic therapy, what we do is we examine how your thoughts and how your mental behaviors affect and reflect in your body, how your habitual muscle pat pattern or habitual thought patterns create habitual muscle patterns, or they're connected, right? And basically, it's all about microexpressions. So if you do this once, right, it's not a big deal. It's not going to stick. But if you have the same thought that makes you make that same grimace 100 times a day, there's going to be a mark. And a psychosomatic therapist will read that as a habitual thought pattern. Oh, you're habitually having grief thoughts. Are you sad? Is there any sadness? Are you holding on to sadness from the past? Oh, 20 years ago, someone died. Well, let's let's maybe address that and see if we can shift that sadness. Now that we understand that it's showing up in your brain, it's showing up on your face, right? So then once we recognize, okay, um, I'm making a habitual, I'm habitually um, going through an anxiety. I've had times in my life where I've done that. Um, I start to be conscious of it. I know that's a lot of times the first step, like alcoholics, right? You got to realize you're an alcoholic. 
then what? What do we do next? Um, the biggest magic of psychosomatic therapy is shining a flashlight. Like you can, you've already told us uh, or told me, maybe you'll tell us <laughs> in this in this thing about different times when when I've said one sentence and suddenly it, it, it shone a light bulb in your head and suddenly your whole behavior, your whole thought pattern has changed because of this light, light bulb moment, right? Often it, it's not necessarily like a big painful thing. You don't have to do cognitive therapy and tell me about all your problems for 30 days. It's just, uh, oh, you're holding on to this emotion because of this. And this is how it shows up in your body. And this is what chakras are affected. Awesome. Agnieszka, um, tell us a little bit about, well, let's start from the beginning. What's really important here, I think, is number one, one of the main things we learn in autonomy is about communication. And you're somebody that has fantastic communication skills. So let's start there. What makes my communication skills fantastic? Yeah, like, well, what would we want to share with people like of the importance of communication um, in oh. the beginning of this episode? Because why is that so important for people to understand? So, I mean, most of your listeners and most of the people who are involved in autonomy or um, these kind of circles that we, uh, sorry. <laughs> Our circles, most, most people who uh, hang out in these places are freedom fighters, right? And every freedom fighter has realized that sometimes you just can't get the message through, right? And it could be for different reasons. It could be that the person is too, too much into the programming, too much into the dogma so that they can't actually hear you. It could be because they have other ideas. You know, these communication, even among freedom fighters in the circles, there's all these conflicts and mis misunderstandings. And often if people would just understand that division tactics are not just the outside, they're also within our circles uh, and try to practice a little bit more radical empathy and truly understand each other. Um, at the same time, not waste breath on people that will really won't listen to you at all. Like, you know how frustrating it is when you're trying to communicate with somebody and they just don't won't listen. And, you know, days turn into months, turn into years, and this person still won't listen. Well, some people just won't listen. And all that energy being put on that is, is just completely a waste of energy because you could be awakening a hundred other people while you're hyper-focusing on this one person who just won't listen. And we find over and over um, what we call the dialectic, their people are getting caught up in all these disagreements and arguments. And what I've recognized, especially like you're saying in the freedom community, and that's who we're always talking to here on the End Evil podcast is folks that want to work towards a world that's not all about enslaving one another. That's about em embracing the freedom of making choices. We find that we have a lot of personalities in the anarchist, voluntarist community. And there's a lot of like butting heads and frustration. And I think a lot of the skills that we learn in autonomy and particularly the skills that you have um, with speaking and copywriting and um, how to uh, deal with the emotions and stuff are the things that can help us as speakers, as content creators, and in even dealing with our emotions, if we get ourselves in a place where we can um, be really healthy and see what people are trying to communicate to us and see what's going on with them, then we can be um, better communicators, build trust, build communication, and that opens the door for actual understanding. So what I, I would be curious, what would you say are some of the key things that people need to understand about communication before we move on in this conversation? I think that we're all under very heavy programming. And even if we've woken up and even if we're activists in, in, in creating freedom for humanity, um, there's still that programming that we've been exposed to since childhood, right? The programming that tell us to compare each other to each other, <clears throat> compare, our, compare our clothing, clothing, you know, compare our abilities, compare our earning abilities. And, and it's really hard to sometimes to shed that. Like it's, 
sometimes hard for people to have radical acceptance of somebody's way of life, of somebody's choices. You know, some people only eat meat, some people only eat vegetables, some people dress like traditionally, some people dress eccentrically, some people dress in one way or another, some people do this or that. And just to create a, a situation of total acceptance, not acceptance of wrongdoing, but if somebody's just doing something with their own life without doing anything to you or it's not affecting you, how I dress that I have these weird clothes on does not affect you in any way. So why would that be an issue? But yet in the programming that we grew up with, especially people you know, who grew up in the 80s or 90s, the comparison, the contrast, the, oh, look what purse she has. Oh, look what her hair is like. Oh, how much did she pay for the hairdresser? All that is so, so ingrained that even as freedom fighters, we fall into these judgments and and presumptions, you know? Yeah, and I often get really into philosophy in my podcast. And I think a lot of other folks in this genre or realm do that as well. However, it does come down to the physical world because we're living in these physical bodies. And in my personal um, growth journey, my self-awareness, I've learned that often because I like to speak and I like to share and I want, I have an agenda a lot of times, I want people to learn something. It's taken a lot of self-work for me to get to the point where I can truly listen to another individual. And one thing I love about what you do is you have this ability to look at someone and see what's going on in their physical form, as well as listen to the words they're using and how they're expressing themselves. And that tells you all these things about a person. So I was wondering if we could transition a little bit from communication into you talking a little bit about how we communicate with our body language and, and how much information there is in a body. So actually this is fine. This ties into what I was just about to tell you, because, you know, uh, personal success, so your own sense of success, your own sense of satisfaction, right? There is a certain thing in your face that shows up that shows me that this person has a sense of self-satisfaction or a sense of satisfaction with where they, how far they've come, right? And the interesting fact, the, the part about this particular facial uh, line, it's like a line that shows up when people are satisfied with their achievements, um, has shown up in all these different people. I've seen street people, homeless people with this satisfaction line in their face. And I've also seen rich people, billionaires without it. So this whole self-satisfaction, when you're allowed, you allow yourself to really express yourself for who you really are, may come in all these different ways, right? And so here in the freedom community, understanding that Choices are choices, individuality is individuality, and really seeing somebody for who they are. Yes, if somebody's suffering, do help them, because that's one of the most key things in our society that's been like taken out of society is that collaboration, helping each other. But at the same time, respect their journey, respect where they've come from and where they've gone, you know, without judgment, because their journey is not like yours. Yeah, that's empathy too, right? Learning to see the humanness in, in other people and choosing to take that path with people and, you know, like look at them, hear them, see where they're coming from. You know, my tendency in the past before I have been really working on this was to just kind of like jump in and tell someone something, which really just puts up walls of defensiveness, doesn't it? <laughs> well, yes. And then at the same time, sometimes like the resting bitch face comes from grief or deep, deep sadness or in inner conflict, right? Like inside you have, we, we talked about inner self-parenting in the past, right? So inner self-parenting is when you are actively engaged in creating the best kindergarten that you can for your own self to grow up, to be the man that you have always wanted to be, right? And a lot of us allow the childhood trauma to stop us, to prevent us from doing it. But the reason for that is just because in our society, we don't actually have a um, ceremony where we go from being a child to being an adult, and then we take over the reins for our self-government from our parents to our own selves, right? So because there's no ceremony, there's no, there's no event, there's no beer being drunk, there's no people singing at your graduation from childhood to adulthood, um, a lot of people get confused, right? 
There's 60 and 70 year old people who are still listening to the recorded voices of their parents who have been long dead because they want to be a good boy because they haven't realized on a deep, deep psychological level that being an adult means being self-governing, being your own parent, being your own father, taking the power back, taking the control back, taking the choice back from the external forces and being your own self-appointed individual. Yeah, I like to call myself the emperor of my domain, you know? Like I rule this domain, this castle, I'm the emperor of it. And anyone that tries to say otherwise, they're gonna have some trouble to deal with because this is mine, my territory, you know? But um, one thing that you reminded me of is that I think it was about two years ago, you and I were in a meeting and I was saying we were in some kind of autonomy meeting. I don't remember which one it was. There's so many wonderful um, opportunities to get together with people in autonomy and learn things. But I was saying something that was sort of like self-deprecating. Um, and I used to do this a lot more than I do now. I'm getting better and better all the time. But I said something like, oh, I'm not very good at that. Something to that effect. Or um, I always make that mistake. And you kind of like called me out on it. And one thing I love about Agnieszka's personality, is she's not afraid to say what she thinks. And sometimes people think it's too assertive or even aggressive, but she's such a sweet, loving person and caring all around in every other way that it really comes across as, hey, I have a gift for you. And she said to me, here's what you're doing, Chris. You're talking to yourself in sort of a mean way. And I was like, what do you mean? And she goes, imagine that your inner self was a four-year-old and you were saying that to your four-year-old hey, you don't do things right. You always make mistakes. Is that how you really want to talk to yourself? And so to me, that was a really good example of inner parenting. And ever since then, I've shared that thought with other people is like, is that how you would talk to your little child? And I've begun doing that to myself when I catch my brain saying, Chris, you always screw up sound settings. I say, hey, Chris, you used to have some trouble with that, but you're getting a lot better every time we go into it. And I see that you've made you know, I, I purposely counteract those negative statements in my brain and they're harder to come up now because like that part of myself knows that I'm going to be in there right away with a positive comment. Anyway, I'm talking too much. I want to hear Agnieszka's point of view on um, inner parenting and uh, communication with oneself. No, that's exactly right. That's exactly. That's a perfect example of inner parenting, of effective inner parenting. Inner father stands up and says, hey, we don't talk like that around here. This is not what we do. You go back. And then and then suddenly that whole inner dialogue becomes so much more empowering. And um, yeah. And then I'd be willing to bet. Now, I want to show people a clip of some of your work. I, I love the video you shared with me from Anarchopoco, where you were doing a talk on um, what I'm calling in this video, somatic activation discovery, right? You're you're recognizing on the physical form and showing people how some of these traumas, maybe from our childhood, maybe from relationships, show up in our physical form and we act out these traumas or, or it keeps us. I'll let you talk about it. I want to share a little clip of you um, kind of breaking this down somewhere in this video. I'll figure that out later. But please explain to us, what, uh, our audience, what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, so see his knee, this this tendon is starting to get short longer because he's pulling it that way every single day. This tendon is shortened, and when he puts his legs back together, I can already see the changes in his knee that this posture is having. Now this is maybe not all about communication, but it is in the end because you're affecting your knee, which is your solar plexus. This is how you stand up in the world, how you express yourself, how you communicate with others. That solar plexus, yes. That solar plexus is also represented by your elbows, by your knees, and by your ankles. So that solar plexus, the solar plexus that determines how you stand up in the world, your career, your, your communication with the world, the fire, the fire that you share with the outside world. That can be affected by the posture when you're giving everything away because if you pull your knees out like that and continually make that one tendon longer and one tendon shorter, that can lead to a knee replacement surgery in the future, right? Because you're displacing your knee every single day, just a tiny little bit. Yeah, but splaying it out 
Yes, exactly. No matter which direction you splay your feet, whether you do it this way, and this way would mean that you're keeping all your energy for yourself and you're not sharing any of it with the outside world. But that wouldn't happen at this conference. That would be a different conference because we don't have those kind of people here. <laughs> but if you're continually pulling any part of your body out of alignment, that, that joint will have some lasting damage. So just keep an eye on your, on your body. Now, the one thing that you guys can do to train your body in keeping the feet together the way they're supposed to be, I mean, other than giving more attention to yourself, giving more love to yourself, making sure you give back to yourself as much as you give to the society at large, you can, you can um, do something like this, where you're just training your body to be in alignment, making sure your knees are not splaying, you're doing everything in line. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, sometimes the trauma that we carry from our childhood or the trauma, like we trust these people, we trust our friends, our best friends, our wife, our husband, our, our, our sister, our brother, our, our daughter. And then sometimes there is, situations where our personal power gets weakened and basically we're taken over by this other person and and then you know even if the relationship is over the trauma or the this the suffering might still be showing up in certain ways right and so that shows up in habitual thoughts like you're 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 bitching at yourself for not being good at setting up sound like i mean would you complain that it two-year-old can't tie their shoes would you complain that a four-year-old can't edit videos no you'd be like hey buddy let's show you how to do it right right if that was like if you see our programming will continually feed us the same information that we were fed as children and it takes a radical decision it takes radical decision followed by radical practice to take over and become self-sufficient in that and face reading and body reading, I mean, on the outside, yeah, it lets you read other people. Maybe body reading, you know, body reading is a lot of fun when you're listening to politicians argue with each other because their lips and their bodies say completely different things. And it becomes quite comical when you're a body reader or a face reader and you start going, oh, wait, he just said, fuck you. But then he said, oh, I totally agree with you. You know, so that kind of thing, that like it, that's the parallel trick side of it, right? You can totally enjoy it and you can understand others. But when it comes really, really important, it's when it, it's turned on to yourself, right? Why am I doing these things this way? Why is that thought always coming up at this time? Where is that showing up in my body? What chakra governs that, cent that center? And how can I alleviate it, alleviate it by doing simple and radical actions, maybe for two minutes a day, maybe for 20 seconds a day? I had a, a healing consultation uh, customer from Autonomy this morning, and I recommended him to make some recipes, some herbal recipes, because it was like my herbalist side uh, was involved as well. But then on the psychosomatic therapy side, there was something that he needed to do for 20 seconds a day for 30 days and try to do it every day. And if you forget, well, try not to forget it next time kind of thing, right? Something like that, it, it in, in, engages your whole body, engages the brain, engages neurolinguistic programming centers. And it's so much better to neurolinguistically neuro program yourself than allowing the outside, the television or the radio to program your brain. Yeah, and that, that NLP is probably something that many people who are watching this might have done a little bit of research or dipped into a little bit, um, neurolinguistic neuro programming. You know, I think it stemmed from some researchers in the early 70s or maybe even sooner, somewhere in that zone. And they started realizing this can be used, number one, for self, self, um, like people even that want to stop smoking cigarettes, for instance. Sometimes they go to like a hypnotherapist and some of those different types of therapies use like the NLP, like changing how we talk to ourselves can actually change our actions. And then obviously we, a lot of us in the world of understanding mental manipulation and mind control in the world, understand that, like you said, these politicians with their crooked lips are using these NLP techniques to, you know, try to manipulate our thoughts. And they're doing it on a mass scale through all these things. So that's even all the more importance why people that um, are freedom fighters, people that want to, you know, um, encourage empathy and making choices need to understand these techniques. And how do we understand what's going on within ourselves, so we can get through these difficult conversations with our friends and loved ones and explain to them, 
that everything they think is wrong <laughs> or, you know, in a lot of cases, that's what it is. It's a, it's a, but it could be that it's pill. right for them. It could right. be that it's right for them. Like some people enjoy their slavery. They really do. And, and it's what they want. And, and you, you have free will to make the decisions that you make for your life. And education and exposure is all you can do for other people. And if they don't take, you know, it's just like a seed. That is the thing about in the Bible about that. If you throw seed on dry ground, it's not going to take. So don't waste your breath. I think that's that's the real quote, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Close. You know, I, I like those parables of Jesus. To me, there's some of the favorite part of the Bible. But like, yeah, I mean, we all get we all get different kind of skills and we all get spread out in different places. You got to figure out where your spirit and heart and mind align and then put that focus on something that's worthwhile. And then you get all these wonderful feelings and serendipities in your life when things start working out and you meet people like Chris Jansen and Agnieszka because you're on this path towards working through something golden and you find all these other friends there that are doing the same thing because it's like magnetism, you know. But a lot of times what's holding us up are these traumas from our childhood, these inner issues we haven't worked out, and that's what's holding people back from my point of view from doing this work. I think there'd be a lot more people out there sharing great ideas and, you know, but a lot of what's holding people back are personal issues and, you, you know, know all of these things. Go ahead. You already said it. Remember a minute ago you were talking about NLP and NLP has a bad rap. Do you know why NLP has a bad rap? Because they're using it on you every single day. Because NLP is, is used against you in every commercial, on every newspaper. And if you were to understand how it works, if you were to learn it, then you would understand their game. You would see through their game. So that's why they're like, oh, no, no, look, this guy was evil. He was teaching NLP and he took advantage of some people. So stay away from that bullshit. Right. That's what you're told. That's what we were told as children. Right. When I learned NLP in the coaching school that I attended at first, I was like, oh, are you sure you want to teach this? Because like, you know, it's kind of weird, isn't it? No, it's not weird. What's weird is you not knowing it. What's weird is there being something. It's like it's like saying, oh, let's ban all the knives because this one guy used a knife to kill another guy. So like now everybody, I'm the police going to come around. They're going to take all your knives. You're not going to use knives anymore from now on forks. You know what I mean? It doesn't make sense what it is. It's a control tactic, a control tactic that's stopping you from understanding yourself, stopping you from healing. Well, why would they want you to stop you from healing? Because it's so much more profitable to have an obedient slave who goes to work at nine and comes home at five and watches television and gets programmed so that he continues his programming all throughout his life than to be an independent person who can freely make his own choices once you understand how you work. Yeah. And I think that when also the other side of that is for I went through this and I've seen a lot of other people go through this, like you start to really realize just how much um, aspects of our society are indoctrinating people from the school, like Richard Grove talks about, and um, from religions and the way they twist people's minds, from our politicians, from the very um, structure of our society in terms of government all these things that people get used to and take for granted are actually working towards making you less of a human being. So um, what I love about you, Agnieszka, is that you're very solution-based human being. And that's what I try to do with my show too, is like, yeah, we'll present the problem be like, yeah, they're mind manipulating out there, but we're not just going to leave you the listener uh, to be stressed about that. Because once you realize that it, it's like, damn, you know, like I had to go through this awakening where I, like, I thought like, damn, you know, I didn't realize how bad the world was. And it took me a while, like to go through this whole like experience and it was hard and I was depressed and I was worried. I was paranoid. I thought everybody was out to get me for a while. So we need to help people have the skills to get through these realizations because they are, they're hard realizations. But once you have the tools and you understand what's going on, then you become, you become the one playing the game and it doesn't hurt you, you're actually um, transcending the bullshit, you know, so to speak. So um, Agnieszka, tell us, how does someone um, come to these tough realizations about the world being negative in a lot of ways and find positivity through that? 
So it's interesting because I didn't find all this stuff about the world until after I already freed myself from the programming. Because what I did first is I took the coaching course and then I took the uh, psychosomatic therapy classes. Uh, and and ever since then, I've been living my living my truth. And the last real job that I had was in 2010. So between 2010, when I started learning the psychosomatic therapy and started looking at myself, you know, you can you can show my before and after picture, how my face looked when I first learned about psychosomatic therapy and how it's changed in four years after and how it looks now, as you can see on the video, right? The, the understanding, the knowledge of who you really are the, and the healing, the internal work, it takes maybe years to really cement in my body or in my, in my soul, I guess, or took years, let's put it that way. But I have been working on my own. I have been securing my own income. I have been traveling. I have been living the nomadic lifestyle. I have, I have done everything I've ever wanted to do since I freed myself from the programming that kept me in a nine to five job. And, and the most difficult part of it was thinking about the fact that my parents and my grandparents had nine to five jobs. And how could I possibly think about being independent and free when non, nobody I ever knew in my family had been independent? But you know what that's like, because when I first met you, you still had a job where you were dependent on other people. Maybe it wasn't like a total regular job, but, you know, and now you wake up whenever you want. <laughs> It's amazing when, when I look back six, seven, eight years and a lot of the things that I dreamed of that seemed out of reach, I've already done now, you know, and it's like we can reach amazing and seemingly impossible things as long as we don't limit ourselves with the cage in our own mind. And that's something we learn in autonomy. That's something I've learned from you and many other people in autonomy and in the freedom movement. Um, Mark Passio has been a big inspiration to me because he's someone that's a doer in the world. And a lot of people don't like how he says things, but you got to look people like him that are actually doing a lot of things, creating websites, creating places for people to learn. So I want to hear more about um, someone's listening to us right now and maybe they're having some physical pains. Maybe they're having some relationship issues. Um, you're someone that I would recommend people to go to to get help. To, for that next step on their journey, if you're feeling stuck. So um, please, Agnieszka, talk to these people that are listening, that are having psychological and physical problems, and how do, you, how do we help them? So I can help you in a few ways. Um, so one way that I can help you is through a health consultation. Uh, basically, it's an add-on to a regular health consultation that you would get from an allopathic doctor, from naturopathic doctor, or somebody like that, where we build on that with small actions that work with your psychology, with like self-programming and creating a situation in yourself. Uh, I might recommend some herbs or some essential oils uh, and like aromatherapy, or maybe making some your own face cream so you can put it on your face and you can you know, experience, it really depends on you, what your core issues are, what the recommendations would be, but they would certainly not be anything that any doctor would recommend. Um, and the huge thing uh, about helping yourself is the inner self-parenting. So I am developing a course specifically on inner self-parenting, but inner self-parenting is also taught in all of the courses that I do already, the face reading, the, the transformational face reading, and the other one called Your Body Language, which is basically how to read politicians on screen, but essentially it's how to read yourself and to under, how to understand your own body. Um, so the courses are really good. But for example, if you have something like a dis-ease or something that's personal and you don't want to talk about it in a course, in a, in a group setting, you can book a self uh, sell, uh, a healing consultation and I can walk you through the root of the issue. You know, sometimes like this morning I was talking about somebody who had stomach issues, like extreme stomach pain and or not stomach, but belly pain, I guess. Uh, sorry, I was talking in a different language <laughs> this morning. Extreme belly pain, and then that manifested as as uh, some um, stones. And there, 
it's anger, right? So any stones or or anything like that is is concentrated anger. So we would look at different parts of the body, see how that anger is manifesting, maybe where it's coming from, and maybe we would create an opposite neurolinguistic program to to correct that thought pattern that brought on the the stones or whatever the issue, the physical issues in the body. Does that make sense? Am I explaining this correctly? Yeah, yeah. It's like I think what what a lot of people don't recognize or what they might think isn't possible, but it actually is, is that we are programmable and we are constantly programming ourselves. Right. And so what like you're pointing out, like what I saw that clip in Anarchopoco where you're looking at someone and you're like, I can see right now you're holding something in your body or you're defending something or, you know, they're physically, man, they've been doing something so long. Like the guy with the chip on his shoulder really stuck out for me and you can see it. And then even you, you ask the other people in the crowd, do you guys see that? And then as soon as you point it out, they're like, Oh yeah, I see it. And then you ask the guy, he's like, yeah, you know, like (laughs) we, we um, create habits of thinking and then it actually becomes real in our body and it can even manifest into a, dis-ease and become a real physical problem. And my experience, like going to a Western medical doctor, when I was having some real problems is they sit, you know, they put you in this room, then they put you in this other room, you sit there and wait, a nurse comes and kind of treats you to varying degrees, some sometimes like a product, you know, but sometimes they're personal. But anyway, you get a few minutes with them. When the doctor finally comes in, you get like six or seven minutes. And out of those six or seven minutes, they're barely even making eye contact with you. They're mostly looking at the freaking computer, which is pretty annoying to me. And so, you know, you want to get some learning about yourself and how you got yourself sick. <laughs> you need to understand why. And you need someone that can really look at you and listen to you in an empathetic way and see like, oh, here's why, you know, and get to the root of these problems instead of just taking a pill to make you feel better. Let's solve the problems. Let's see where it started. Let's get to the root of it. Is that is that on the right lines, what I'm saying, Agnieszka? Yeah. So you have to remember something about going to the doctor, right? The, the, the Western, the, the, the allopathic doctors, right? You have to remember. It doesn't matter. Anytime you interact with another human, you have to remember what their agenda is, what their goals, what their, what their, um, what their, what they're expecting, what they're hoping for in the future. And now tell me, what is the doctor hoping for in the future after you leave his office? He's hoping that you'll come back every three months and get you know new prescriptions from him. The doctor doesn't actually make money from your visit as much as he makes money from the, the medicines that he prescribes from the companies that he interacts with like Pfizer and stuff, you know, in kickbacks. And I don't know if that's true for every doctor, but if a doctor is, you know, I've, I've I've seen, I've been to an allopathic doctor that worked for me, but it was a private doctor. I paid him $150 and he gave me some really good advice and he gave me some books to read and he did not give me any drugs. But so think about that. So when you come to me, you're paying for the service and I am working for you. I am dedicated to you. I don't have anybody else paying for my services if I want you to use herbs, I give you recipes and you can grow the herbs yourself. There's com- there's no dependence on me as a service after your visit. A doctor wants that dependence. Right, like it's not necessarily best to heal everybody if you need sick people to keep funding your mansion, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, that's, um, I recommend people check out um, Agnieszka's website is called yourbodylanguage.info. I'll put that link along with this discussion. And when you get to that page, um, go to the far right on the tab and hit questions. And that will offer you an opportunity to connect with Agnieszka. And she will give you a free um, consultation. of, And you can work on actually fixing these problems and getting to the root. And like Agnieszka has a quite a few different um, methodologies or um, understanding practices of ways to get to deal with these things. It's not just one solution. Um, I don't know if we really um, defined the somatic yeah, so much. Maybe we can do that do for that. people. Let's um, do that and put it at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think the truth is that a lot of these um, skills 
of things we're relearning are kind of more natural. And the trouble is that we live in such an unnatural environment, the way our slave culture has created these camps of indoctrination of different ways. And so we get trained to ignore things. We get kind of self um, acclimated to making the same mistake ago again, over and over, like I was saying, um, where I was kind of being really hard on myself and being like, I never do that. Right. And like just basically reinforcing the problem. And until you're conscious and someone says, Agnes is Chris, do you always talk to yourself like that? Or I remember Daryl Becker one time, this is like seven or eight years ago. And he said to me, um, I said, you know, I feel this or this. And he said, so tell me, Chris, how's that working out for you? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, did that stick with me. And then, you know what it is? Once you realize something, you can't unrealize it. Like you said, once that light's been turned on, the next time you see that car coming down the road, you're like, oh, 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 oh. I'm not getting that car this time because that car is some, is some negative. It takes you to a negative place. I'm not getting in that train this time, you know? And so once you shine that light on it, you can't help but seeing it from there on. So a lot of it's just becoming cognizant and recognizing things. And then as soon as you do that, you can't help but wanting to change because it's natural to want to heal. The body's a healing machine. It wants to heal. So is the spirit. Mm -hmm. I actually think that's a big part of why we're here is to learn and grow, right? Yeah. And we approach it in psychosomatic therapy. When I practice psychosomatic therapy, I approach every problem on all three levels, psychological, emotional, and spiritual, or sorry, physical, emotional, psychological, spiritual, however sure. you divide them. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention is I think that one of the biggest side effects of the programming that we're subjected to all throughout our childhood is the demon network. Now, this is a term developed by a psychologist, a mainstream psychologist, uh, psychologist. He calls it the demon network, but the acronym is DMN. And what he actually says in his papers, it's default mode network. So it's a default programming that our brains uh, respond with. Yeah. And so the demon network, according to the psychologist, sorry, I don't remember his name. We can look it up. Um, according to the psychologist, every time you're not, you're, you're not engaged in a creative activity, every time you're, um, at rest, say you've just completed a creative project, you washed your paintbrushes, you put away your guitar, whatever it is. And now you're sitting, then the brain automatically, according to the psychologist, um, will produce negative feedback like, oh, you're shit. That was a shit recording or what a crappy painting. That painting's never going to turn out. Watch when it dries, it'll look crappy, whatever. All these negative thoughts start coming up when we're not engaged. But in my opinion, it's when we don't have the inner self-discipline. Now, there's also a, a debate as to where that information is coming from, because the psychologist says it's a natural human thing to come up with crappy thoughts every time you're at rest, right? I'm not sure if I agree. The other theory is that it's coming from some other planet like Saturn or the moon or whatever, and it's programming. It's like the negative programming, the demon programming. Maybe that's why this guy called it demon network. But he says it's just a physical thing. I'm not sure if it's physical thing and I don't know if it's coming from, maybe it's a side effect of the continual programming that we're subjected to telling us we're not good enough or too skinny or too fat or too rich or too poor or too whatever. I don't know if there's such a thing as too rich, but I'm sure rich people have guilt of their own. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and so we don't know where this shit is coming from, but the one way, the one certain way, the one hundred percent secure way that you can get rid of the, all that bullshit is by take over taking over and really, really, really being a good parent to yourself. How would you allow some asshole to talk to you like that? You know, if you're if you take your child out to uh, the playground, would you would you allow them to to be talked to by a stranger in such a rude way? And if you wouldn't, then why would you allow your inner child to listen to this bullshit? Absolutely, and it's like um, you know, my mind's been on self defense a lot. I think that's one of the biggest. The missing pillar in our society is the understanding of the self-defense principle. And because that's something I've been studying up a lot, I, I compare it a lot to things and I keep seeing I keep seeing the parallels. Um, what you're saying is like standing up for yourself is is defending yourself. Right. It's getting it's it's having the confidence to say that, no, 
I, I don't treat myself that way. I don't talk to myself that way. And other people shouldn't either. Or, you know, I don't um, force myself to do things I don't want to do just because someone else says I'm going to do them. You know, and so we develop that ability to defend ourselves. Um, we become stronger people. But if you think of it in terms of resistance or pushing something back, that's really difficult. Um, Bruce Lee taught what's called the way of the intercepting fist. And what that means is you're always better with an offensive move than a defensive move. And so if you're working on something, the way I translate this parallel to what you're saying is if you're working positively on doing something proactive in your life, all that negative thoughts and stuff kind of it's way um, your focus is now on a purpose, on a mission. You're driven, you're motivated, you're inspired, you're moving forward like an arrow through the air. And it's really hard for things to distract you. Cause you're like, you're, you're going somewhere, right? Yeah. So you find your focus, you find your purpose. You, and the only way you find those things is by working through some of this things that are holding you back and then realizing it and being conscious of it, shining a light on it. I love that. Exactly. So that's beautiful. Um, let's, let's kind of close up this conversation, Agnieszka. Um, gives people some direction. Um, we told them where to find you, yourbodylanguage.info. Um, but I would love to hear you kind of sum up this conversation and just kind of simplify it for people. So they leave being like, oh, I see what they're saying. Take charge of your own life. Don't allow the programming to take over. Um, if you think you've overcome all the programming and there's still negativity talking back at you inside your own head, understand that there's still some space that you need to take back from the powers that be, the evil that rules the world and stand up and be your own your own father your own mother your own best critic your own best supporter the person that you know cheers you on along in life just like you would a four-year-old child not the way you would an enemy beautiful and i i recommend highly um agnieszka starting up a class um sounds like in the next couple of weeks um and I guess they just go to yourbodylanguage.info to and fill out your little form if they want to get involved with that. Is that correct? Yeah, to get in, it's best to fill out the to to book the fifteen minute introductory session. I can talk to them personally and see what class is best for this person and what 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 you know what's next. Yeah, what are your classes? So right now, I'm running two classes. The one is the transformational face reading, which. We have a lot of videos coming in right now from the students who just completed that are really impressed. They, they love the class. Uh, it's really huge for self-understanding and for understanding others. If you have any conflicts with other people in your life, or if you're trying to teach other people a very important message, um, this would allow you to communicate much better and understand much better where you're coming from or how they see you. Uh, and the other one is your body language is basically very similar, but it's about the body and, you know, what people are thinking as you're speaking to them, by the way, they're holding their body, what their habitual thoughts are. Um, and just understanding that really subtle subconscious language that, you know, that happens. And also understanding the diseases, the self understanding. Awesome. Knowledge is power. You know, and in, in so many ways, that's what's been holding back humans is um, this knowledge differential. And we have the ability now to gain all this amazing knowledge. And there's people, someone like Agnieszka right here, um, willing to help you and on a personal level. So connect with Agnieszka. And I also want to recommend people, you know, the way Agnieszka and I met was through Autonomy, which is a wonderful network of freedom minded individuals, Richard Grove. Joshua Hale run this amazing program and it, it starts up every six months. Is it where they start a new season? Um, we're probably we're gearing, gearing up to the season. season 10 now, right? Yeah. And so, so um, you could go to my site and evil.life and on the little sidebar, there's always a little place where you can click and that will take you to autonomy where you can sign up and find out about it or on any of my posts on endevil.life, you can find the link to get to autonomy. So I highly recommend people to check that out. That's, that's an amazing resource. And, um, but in the meantime, check out Agnieszka classes and she's one of the um, awesome people you'll meet there. 
Go ahead, Agnes. Coolest thing, the coolest thing about autonomy is that once you pay for autonomy, you it's a lifetime membership. You can repeat the classes. You can take any classes in the vault. You can interact with the students and the new students and the old students forever, which is something that I've been taking advantage for the last four years. And it's been huge in making me more independent and be able to live a really beautiful lifestyle. So it's all thanks to autonomy. Yeah, like our connection has been one where, you know, one of us might be going through a hard time and I might hit up Agnieszka or there's a couple other people I talk to that, um, you know, we connect on and off. And there's like these people that you love that are always out there and like, hey, if you ever need somewhere to stay when you're out my way, come on by, you know. And so there's people we have like that all over the country, all over the world, as far as that goes. So um, it's it, it pays back in um, heaps, you know. Um, so this is a wonderful conversation. And I think Agnieszka and I have planned for future conversations like this, because what we want to do is bring to you the listener tools, actual things you can do to work towards your goals so you can get in that flow we're describing so you can be a radiant person. So when people look at your eyes and your face, they're like, man, I want to be like that person and spread light wherever I go and work, work towards the freedom of humanity and leave a legacy for future generations. Why not? This is your opportunity to do that. Thank you, Agnieszka, for joining me. And I appreciate your um, wonderful energy and knowledge. Thanks. Thank you, Chris. I love your podcast. Okay.